Robinson, Sabonis, two-man game inside. Domas, dominant, dynamite inside on that one. Not afraid, and he got some dog in. And the steal, they can tie it with a three. Murray, yes! A Murray miracle in the desert! Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Chris Watkins of Sacktown Sports 1140 joining me as always. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Doing all right, man. You know, just got a little wiggle in my step. And, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good, you know. King's got a big dub tonight. And, uh, no complaints. No complaints. You know, we got another one tomorrow. We do. We're in uh, We're in Golden 1 Center right now after the Sacramento Kings just beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Career night from Keegan Murray in yes. points and rebounds. He's going to be the uh, large majority of conversation throughout this episode as Matt George sits in front of us and probably just loves to hear that. I know. Um, a C Taking maybe wasn't pick. a fair grade for <laughs> Keegan. Not going to lie. I'll eat my crow already. Um, do you want to give some context to the whole wiggle? thing i tried to pull this clip and it was giving me a hard time right now but yeah so it was i think mike said after the game uh he tried to give he tried to essentially just gas up keegan and he was like i think he said do yo shit keegan murray and he was like keegan's response was I've got I've got a little wiggle to me. Which what does that mean? Like I don't under I didn't understand. Yeah, I, I it's very it's, Keegan. Well, yeah, and Mike also did like the work. whole like hands down yeah. and just like so yeah yeah lean back in his chair. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty funny. And again, you can't miss a Mike Brown press conference because you never know. Uh, you literally never know what the hell is going to be said. But there's always going to be a viral moment from it, and it will always last at least half an hour. Oh my god! Yeah, legit, I Not saw. Complaining. I saw your recording today. Of I your, think it was, it was 15, twenty something. It was, yeah, it was I think we got right around minutes. twenty. His his pregame speeches are always yeah. really really long too. But uh, but not complaining it's good for us. Um, and and a lot of it had to do with Keegan today. And and just to yeah. go through his numbers: twenty nine points, again career high, fourteen rebounds, which is a career high. Fourteen rebounds is crazy. He got more rebounds than Demonis Bonus tonight. Fact. Um, OKC is a team that is pretty bad at defensive rebounding. I think they were 29th coming into the league or coming into the game tonight. Obviously run a pretty small lineup out there with both the Jalen Williams, uh, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, and Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Um, but Keegan was great tonight, man. I, I've been surprised how often throughout the course of this year the teams have been going under on him. And he's just able to stop behind Domas and, and get that shot off. But today when, when OKC was actually chasing him on those screens and trailing him there, he put the ball on the floor and made some plays. We saw him dunk in traffic. Uh, You might have had more than one dunk tonight. Uh, We saw a little bit of a mid-range game. Like, he was shooting off the dribble and Mm -hmm. creating a little bit. Like, it was only a couple dribbles, but there's no wasted movement, which I think is great. But I think we've talked about it before. It was something like 72% of his shots were Mm -hmm. off zero dribbles. Um, And that's fine for right now. Matt asked uh, Coach a good question post game about just how different this is for Keegan compared to some of these other rookies. Um, just the context of being mm-hmm. on a team that's expected to win, uh, you know, being on a good team like yep. the Sacramento Kings, Chris, right. of course. <laughs> right. Um, and Keegan just doesn't have, you know, they can't really run the ball through him. Like Coach said, they did at the beginning of the year when he was coming off the bench in that second unit. Um, but 
tonight is like in my mind easily the best game of keegan murray's career i I think that goes without question but a huge sign of like promise when it comes to his future development because Mm -hmm. we had not seen really anything off the dribble yeah, I think to me this was like uh, you, you. It was even before he had twenty nine points. It might have been after he had sixteen or eighteen. You looked at me. Uh, it was like third quarter, and you're like, "Is this is this Keegan's best game right now?" And you know, even though he hadn't reached the uh, his career high in points or anything, you could just feel that something was different tonight. Like you mentioned, the 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 different shots that he was getting up, uh, a couple off the dribble coming off of the Domas uh, two-man game. Like, it, it looked incredible. We saw also an assist today that looked great off the of pick and really roll. It was a really nice assist. Uh, he, he sprayed it out to, for, a, for a corner three, I believe. Uh, not something that we've seen from his game not some, so far this season. Just a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff when Keegan Murray put the ball on the ground or on the, uh, on the court today. Uh, really good to see just his progression. I think we've seen a lot, uh, especially recently on the defensive end, honestly, is I think where we've seen the the most obvious strides with him being that weak side defender coming over, drawing charges. Uh, and now for for us to see really some involvement of his offensive game is a very welcome addition. And uh, it was interesting to me that Mike spent so much time uh, talking about Keegan's game. I mean, you know, a, a lot of the questions to your point yeah. were, were directed towards Keegan, but um, he was brutally honest and he's been brutally honest all year. But uh, even mentioning the fact that something I've mentioned countless times of of Keegan really getting his shit sent repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, and he he pretty much all but said it that Keegan has gone up quite a few times and gotten his shots sent. Uh, quite a bit this year, and uh, he was impressed to to see Keegan continually going at the rim with the kind of aggression that they want him to go at, and uh, it, it was really good to see. I think it wasn't a complete. I think all tonight was missing was really a Keegan Mar- uh, Keegan Murray draw charge, and uh, <laughs> and I think at that point you can kind of say he he had a complete game. But uh, tonight, I, I totally agree with you. I think offensively, especially this this was Keegan Murray's best game, and for him to pull down fourteen rebounds is uh, is is incredible and if you know i'm not asking him to pull down 14 every game and i don't think mike is either but if we can get seven consistently from him uh, on top of what domas gives you and uh you know what trey lyles has been providing on the on the glass as well i you know that that could definitely help this team who's who's one of the worst rebounding teams in the nba uh especially without domas so uh very very good uh, very good to see Keegan Keegan getting better throughout his rookie year, especially after his struggles uh, in the middle of the season. Absolutely. And, and shout out to everybody in the live stream here. Uh, anybody listening to the audio or watching on YouTube, we're planning on doing these live streams after home games. Um, and yeah, the chat here uh, oh. says Christian Brennan making a Keegan highlight reel as we speak to send him a sigh. It's all propaganda. Right, right, right. All propaganda. When it comes to just the rebounding from Keegan. Yeah. This is the second game in a row we've seen double digit rebounds, but I think it's important context that that game against the Lakers was without Sabonis. Mm-hmm. And that was something Keegan talked about post game um, was that, you know, he wasn't sure if he was going to have the same opportunity to get the boards that he did in the previous game tonight with Domas being there. Right. Um, but the quote from him that I have here is uh, quote, just not relying on Domas to get all the rebounds, getting in there and trying to get at the high point, be assertive. Um, it's just a different mindset that kind of flipped for me, just not relying on other people. I feel like Mike getting on me kind of lit a fire end quote. Another example 
of <laughs> Coach Brown. Coaching. Coaching. <laughs> and it being well-received. Right. And I would imagine also communicated well in right. the first place. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, just all the credit in the world to, to Mike Brown. I, I think that he's done as good of a job as anyone could have ever expected or better. Um, and also the players have been very responsive. I mean, seeing this growth from Keegan, I, I, not only the rebounding, but the finishing at the rim tonight was like, if this can get carried over, it would be great because coach also talked about post game that like, if, if he's able to do this a little bit more, we'll play through him more mm-hmm. because right now the reality is we're not playing through him. No. And there's a good reason they have De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis mm-hmm. who had great nights, by the way, we're going to get to Domas, right. another casual triple double. De'Aaron had a good night too. Um, not, not great, but I mean, when you're talking 21, two and three, on 50% from the field, like that's still a really solid night. And we're just talking about being an average night for De'Aaron. Um, so it's, it's understandable. They're not running through Keegan, but if he can continue to do this and they can do that more often, like that is huge for the, just, just the whole ceiling conversation, because that's honestly where I, I guess kind of fought back a little bit on the Keegan pick. I just was unsure on the ceiling, but tonight was, you really see like the Chris Middleton that he's talked about. Right. I'm curious just what your thoughts were when you initially heard Keegan say that he didn't essentially, I mean, the way I received it was he essentially was like, I don't think I, not, I don't think I need to rebound, but he didn't feel the need. Even the, what he said was a little weird, but uh, essentially saying that since since Domas was on the floor, he didn't feel like it was, I don't want to say his job, but he didn't feel a necessity to crash the rebound, yeah. the boards with urgency, um, I think was the best representation of what he was trying to say. But just what did you think about that comment? Because I, I it's strange to me that he even thought that way. Yeah, it's definitely surprising, but I also see how you could fall into that you know like i mean domont we've seen it's literally we've seen like, 20 20 guy games. can like, get he's, everything he's right. literally leading the league yeah. in rebounds yeah so I, I think the idea that like that guy can get the board put it on the deck himself or hit me for an outlet pass if i'm up the floor like right. i think it makes sense um but we're just seeing like normal rookie development right. stuff you know so i i think that it's been it's been great that definitely was surprising to me that yeah. he, he just said um, pretty much he was just relying on Domas to yeah, do it, and like, he thought did, he had it covered. Yeah, right, which is, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, and that's why I didn't know how to frame it because I don't think he was trying to say, like, that's not my job, I don't rebound, right. so I didn't feel like I need to, but it was kind of saying that. Yeah. Where it was just well, like... And, and I his didn't, numbers didn't make sense. His rebounding numbers right. didn't make sense at the beginning right. of this year. He was a really like good rebounder four, in college. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Chat's going wild with Chat nicknames. Chat is going crazy. Uh, Matt George, yeah. can I ask you a question? It's got to go all the what? way. What? There we go. Were you even surprised? What up, everybody? Matt George of the Locked On Kings podcast. Stop your booing. ABC Ten. <laughs> Were you even surprised by Keegan tonight? Absolutely. I mean, as much as I want to say I knew Keegan is capable of this, like when you see his ability to put, put the ball on the floor and attack the basket, I thought one of his best plays was one of the last plays he made, which was a take to the basket. He he tried to attack off the dribble. He was cut off, spun away, stayed in the lane, reverse finish or uh, uh, layup finish with the right hand. Like to me, that's a significant difference to Keegan's game. And I know Coach Brown has told him, hey, 
act like you're going to dunk the ball every time you're attacking the basket. I know Keegan is capable of that, but a highlight dunk is never anything that Keegan's going to show. But he showed strength around the rim. He showed poise. He showed an ability to recognize how his outside game has opened up his ability to attack the basket. And what Keegan showed multiple times tonight that he sprinkles in once or twice or three times every fourth quarter is he makes winning basketball plays. And that's why I think he's so significant for and the right pick for the Sacramento Kings. It wasn't just a fit thing for like position. It's a fit for someone who knows how to make winning plays on a team with winning aspirations as a starter right away, which no other rookie is being asked to do. Um, so, yeah, I was absolutely surprised by the things Keegan's doing tonight. And uh, the only person not surprised apparently is Keegan, because even Mike Brown was surprised tonight. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll ask you real quick before I let you get back to work. Uh, what stood out to you most in postgame conversations? Because everybody was asked about Keegan. We got Keegan, we got Domas, and we got Coach Brown. Um, and they all were talking about Keegan's big night. What, what stood out to you most in those postgame conversations? Well, I really appreciated Coach Brown's answer to one of my questions, talking about what Keegan is being asked to do compared to other rookies. Um, question, hey, thank you. Couldn't I'll, agree more. I'll, I'll, I'll take. I'll appreciate that. Um, but one of the things I overheard you guys talking about earlier that I think Keegan was very honest about, I think you guys were just breaking it down is Keegan being honest and saying, I expected DeMontis Sabonis to get every rebound. Like, I think that's real. I think that's a very real thing for a rookie to come into the league and go, I'm with one of the best rebounders in the league. Those are his, like, I'm not getting in the way. And I don't think that's a laziness thing. I think that's a, this, this is what he does. I'm going to get out of his way. And for a rookie to learn that lesson, I think, I mean, I think there's, hundreds of other players that over the course of their careers have probably wanted to say something like that, but never did out of concern of how it was going to make him look. But I thought Keegan tonight was very real. Like that's what I thought. And now I'm being asked to do more and I'm seeing that I can do it while Domas is still getting his. So I, that transparency from Keegan, I think is like, we joke is in the media. Keegan's not the best interview because of kind of his demeanor and the way he answers questions. I think that was the best soundbite we've ever gotten out of Keegan because of how honest it was. It's got to be. It's got to be. Well, I appreciate you, Matt George. Again, Locked on Kings, ABC 10. (laughs) The biggest Keegan Keegan Murray lover to ever exist. A+. plus. plus. Matt can take his victory laps now. B+. B+. Um, This was, I I mean, you can't say enough great things about the growth of of Keegan Murray tonight. Like, again, the biggest thing for me is that off the dribble game. I, I think these rebounds could just be something that we keep, see consistently now. Fourteen, Hopefully. obviously not, right? Hopefully. But like six, seven, and nine. Right, that's what I'm saying. If he can, if he can fit between that six and eight range, I think that's that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think the same. Um, Coach also mentioned post game that just when people are thinking about rookie of the year conversations, when right. the people this are thinking about all rookie first team, that. Keep in mind the context, as right. Matt was kind of just talking about there, that these other guys are allowed to make so many mistakes. Like right. Keegan is contributing to a winning team. Right. Um, I don't think he's going to be in rookie of the year conversations unless not. things pick up like this. I, I think it's be. a it, it would take so much. Paulo Bancaro's running away with that. Yeah, I mean it's Paulo's um, award. All rookie first teams totally reasonable. Uh, I don't know how they structure it. I don't know if it's like forwards and guards. It's a good or question. If it's just all I don't five. either. Um, that'll be something we look into, but I, right. I think that's within question here. And um, it, well, I, I just hope that he can keep this up because I think it's been encouraging the rebounding thing since he's been called out for Mike. He's like picked it up since then, and mm-hmm. it hasn't. We haven't seen a game where it slowed down. Right. And we're not just talking rebounding either. I mean, like I mentioned, like he he's he stepped up huge on the defensive end as well. 
that weak side. He's became really, uh, really good at taking charges as well. Uh, like it's, it's not just one aspect of his game that, that has improved since Mike really challenged him. It, it does feel like his overall game uh, is just taking a step up. And, you know, again, like we mentioned earlier, he's starting to put the ball on the ground now. You know, we're, we we've see, we haven't seen a lot of Keegan Murray dribbling, and and can he create for others? Can he still create his own shot? Uh, we've seen a lot of of coming off of screens, which totally makes sense because uh, the Kings have the best screen setter in the NBA right now, and and it makes you see Kevin Herter take advantage of the same things. But uh, just just all aspects of Keegan Keegan's game seem to be opening up right now, and uh, now is the time. You know, where I, I've. I've been thinking about it, and this is we're at game forty-four now, I believe, uh, and that's you know that's for for a rookie that's huge. In college, you play 33, 35 regular season games max, uh, and then if you make a big tournament run, maybe you hit forty. So this is now at this point the longest Keegan Murray has played a basketball season in his life, uh, and I'm sure. With that, you know, naturally, as you go through the progression of a season, you get better. You learn things. You adjust to things. And with the the benefit of an 82-game NBA schedule is you have so much extra room on top of those 30, 40 games to, to build on and show what you've learned. Uh, through through the first half of your uh, your career, so I, I expect, like you said, I, I kind of expect us to to see a different Keegan Murray moving forward. And if this is even a portion of of the Keegan Murray we get moving forward, uh, look out because uh, I, I just heard watched a clip of uh, of Kevin Herter saying Keegan kind of carried their offense tonight. And if yeah. they can have, oh, God, I never oh thought gosh. that we would hear that. You know what is insane? And I just realized. Keegan Murray was one point away from scoring 30, which would have added yet another king. That would have been seven kings this season seven. to score 30. Okay, which wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, so obviously De'Aaron, Domas, Harrison, uh, Kevin, Malik. Yep. And the sixth one is... Davion? The biggest one. Not most points, but... Terrence Davis. TD. That's right. TNT TD, 30 points. Six Kings have finished with 30 points. That's pretty wild. It's insane. It leads the NBA. No one else could even come close. People are lucky if they can have three people on their team score 30 points. Uh, And we're halfway through this year. Shit, Trey Lowe has almost had that in a quarter. Bro, I'm (laughs) telling you, like, it's it's really, really crazy. So uh, if they can add Keegan Murray as yet another, I mean, he's been a decent offensive weapon throughout this season. But if, if he can have the potential to have 30 points on a given night, any given night, it again is just adding to the arsenal uh, that is this Kings offense, and and just the amount of people that can kill you on a given night. Um, great shit. <laughs> it's as good as it gets, and I don't really know what else there is to say about Keegan. He's he's been phenomenal. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to adjust as teams start to defend him differently. Right. Um, Keegan Murray's big night somehow overshadowed an 18, 14, and thirteen. Night from Domas. Yeah. I honestly didn't even realize. No. I knew he had a triple double, but I didn't realize it was thirteen and fourteen. I didn't realize he finished with fourteen. That's pretty. Fourteen, 14 assists, assists is crazy, crazy bro. Crazy. And it was just like, the, I don't know that there was ever a point. There was maybe a small two minute stretch where I was like, okay, Domas is just going at Jalen Williams. Yeah. Both of Jaylen them. Jalen Williams kind of held his own. He made it. He, he made it okay. different. He, he was frustrating. Domas. I mean, what was Dom? He finished. 
I mean, we're talking about a guy who's normally seven he was of nine. Five of nine. Five of nine bro. tonight. Like that's that's struggling for Domas for sure. And Keegan even said it in his post game press conference. Didn't feel like Domas really had a good game. Ah, it's so wild. Actually. He did like, not have a good game, and the man finishes off with a triple double: eighteen, fourteen, and eleven. Or 13, 13, 18, 18, 14, 14, and 13. 14 is six. On five of nine from the field, eight of eight from the free throw line. And a broken thumb, still, by the way. That's not gone. It's not going away either. It's still wrapped up. And Kings, yet again, finished five people, 10 points. All all starters in double digits. I think they're 14 and three now when all starters scored over 10 points. so. So. not to be a buzzkill, but Let's people are having this. Uh, people have been starting this. It is what we do best. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. People are starting this like Sabonis MVP conversation. Right. First of all, let's start with this. To me, season ends right now. He's third team all NBA. Absolutely. No question. It goes, it goes centers yes. in all, in all NBA and teams. And Jokic, Embiid, and Sabonis. And those other two guys are actual MVP candidates, yes. to be honest. And Domas is... Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Um, if you look at the numbers that we're talking about for Sabonis, as I pull this up here, I think the I think the big part of this entire conversation is just as long as you clarify that we're just talking conversation, right? I think that's a good. Point. That's fine. If you want to say Domas is in the MVP conversation, that is a totally reasonable, acceptable take to have. When we're talking like, is this guy going to finish top three, top five? That's just not going to happen. It's not just because there's insane seasons right. happening. Like Domas is putting up. Jokic is literally doing what better. What Sabonis yeah. is doing with more points, yeah. uh, more assists and not more rebounds. But, you know. I, I can uh, tell you the numbers to right the, to the number one. Or what are they? Are they the they one seed in the West? One, unless something changed tonight, right. they were tied for a one with Memphis. But Domas is eighteen point eight points, twelve point seven rebounds, seven point two assists on sixty percent from the field. Right, Jokic meanwhile twenty five points, eleven rebounds, right. so one point seven less, uh, but nine point nine assists, which right. is two point seven more, and, yeah, which is right. a pretty damn big difference. And he's a little bit more efficient, 62.6% from the field. Um, so I, I think that, I mean, you're talking seven more points right, right there, two more assists, one less rebound, more efficient. Like Jokic, I mean, this is the back-to-back MVP we're talking right. about, by the way. The fact that like three times. it's somewhat comparable, not really, um, but like the fact that you can even right. look at those numbers is is talking so much because like you're saying Jokic could damn well end up being the three-time MVP um the other guys in these conversations uh Luka Doncic putting up 33 points a night along with uh 8.8 assists 8.9 rebounds right Joel Embiid 33.6 which is ridiculous see you tomorrow yeah on 9.8 rebounds 4.2 assists um Jason Tatum 31 dumb points um 4.3 assists 8.5 rebounds on what's been the best team in the league like i think you have a good point in the conversation sure just for like when you're having the sake of the conversation but when it actually comes down to who's getting picked domas still had would have to do more and i think what it would take to be honest is the kings like i mean if they if they comfortably end up being a three seed 
then it does become a very real conversation in my mind. It's still super difficult, but like in my mind, Domas isn't getting up to this 25 point per game thing, right? Yeah, like, that's what, where the what issue would is for it me. Take? It would take the Kings being a top seed, right? It would take a top seed and like, it's just the facts of the matter. He's going to have, he would have to score more than 18 points a game. Like Damn. you would have to, especially with recently, what recently he's been about 22, right? With what Jokic is doing at 25 and, right. and 10 assists uh, and 11 rebounds, like you're going to have to up that point average up to 20, 23 uh, to even be in like the realistic conversation. And then, yeah, if you lead the league in rebounds, that's kind of your stake. Uh, if you're close in assists, which he's still two whole assists behind Jokic, yeah. um, like you know, there's again, I, I he's just he's not it. But you know, I I, I by no means am trying to uh, shit on the dude. Like he he's having an incredible season, like you said, All NBA top, uh, probably third team All NBA. He's got to be. Somebody in the chat asked, by the way, like who is? Uh, yeah, I saw who's that. even close to him. Who's oh. somebody mentioned Bam? Yes, I, I think that Bam the, is the only the close fourth one. Like, NBA right now. If, if Robert Williams stayed healthy, then sure. maybe he becomes in the conversation. But after that, like, it's really tough, man. Like, yeah, you're, for you're centers, talking, uh, Brooke Lopez. You're talking Brooke Lopez. You could maybe yeah. talk like Nick Claxton. Like, yeah. I mean, but this isn't in the same realm. Right. You know? We're talking um, way different things here. Yeah. And there was another big uh, that uh, uh, Walker of, Kessler. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know, like Clint Capella or yeah, yeah. We're talking big drop Jared off Allen. Like, big drop it, off. It's it's not the same. Um, so yeah, I, I think that Domas should one hundred percent right as of right now be that guy. Um, be the third team All NBA, mm -hmm. and, and he's been everything to this Kings team. Um, I, I totally got distracted by chat there for half a sec. Um, I don't know. Zach Collins is kind of up there. Oh, what's up, Blake? Who is that guy? Um, if anybody in the chat has any sort of questions they right. want to throw our way as as we start to wind down here, Jesus. let us know. I know that's that's why I, I got I got a little caught off by chat there. Ridiculous. Um, the Kings are sitting at the three seed right now. New Orleans lost Insane, to the Orlando bro. Magic what are, tonight. What world are How we living? Crazy is that I just like that we've been able to it say that. It doesn't make any sense, bro. And it does not make any. It's sense. like they are two and a half games up on the five seed. And yep. I guess I'm crazy because I feel like, you know, the one or two seed is unreachable when there's six games behind that. Right. But I also feel like them being five games ahead of the 11 seed still makes me a little uncomfortable. Yes. Right. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, it's it's probably not going to happen but i think it's kind of that natural we we have really haven't been in this situation before where we're winning a lot of games like we're winning more games than we should and six five, in a row right five game you know if you're five games ahead of somebody it it makes sense to think that the kings at any point can go on a six game losing streak or a five game losing streak or a four game losing streak but the facts are we haven't seen that so far this year. I don't know. I think the four-game losing streak to start the season is their longest losing streak of this year so far. Uh, like, it's going to yeah. kind of be tough o for the Kings that, to lose. not lost more than – I want to say they two? haven't lost more than two in a row. Right. I, I looked at this the other day. I'm hesitating because I don't want to be wrong with that, but I, I believe that's true. Um, Shout out Moran. Moran put out a good visual of, uh, like – 
their wins and losses I saw on Twitter. It was like uh, Moran from the Kings Herald. The shout Kings out, Herald. shout out. Right here. Uh, so, yeah, they started off with four straight. They did lose three straight okay. uh, right after the seven-game win streak. That's right. And okay. That oh, it. yes. And that was against um, a second night of a back-to-back traveling in Atlanta. Atlanta, and, Memphis. And, well, it was – And then They beat Memphis. Sixers? Then they traveled to Atlanta, lost that game, and then right. they lost in Boston, and then they lost to the Suns, which oh, okay. was the second night of a back-to-back after rough travel. And then you lost to what was the best team in the East and what was at the time the right. best team in the I West. So I thought that was like totally reasonable right. um, and understandable. My question now, somebody else mentioned it in the chat here, um, the fact that they're four games above the six seed. Yeah. And yeah. the six That's seed is it, you want to be six and above. Mm-hmm. Like if you are not in the plane, because the plane, like it, it, I'm not convinced that it's the better team wins on in no, a basketball, bro. No. In no. anybody can win on a any one game. game yeah, play it? no, anybody. anybody can win anybody. any game. And there's a lot of these Kings players that the reality is haven't played Bro, in, in postseason basketball. Coach talks about that a lot. There's a lot of conversations that I can't wait to have about postseason basketball. And that to me is one of the biggest ones that we're absolutely going to have. Just the lack of of experience on this team, really, especially with big games in general, but also uh, with playoff games and in winner go home games. We're talking Harrison Barnes, Matthew Delavadova, and Kevin Herter. Jesus Christ. I think are the only three players that have been in a playoff game. Well, Sabonis has has he? Yeah, yeah. Sabonis yeah. I know With that Depot. they were they With were Depot. doing really well in the bubble season. He definitely played in the postseason with Oladipo. Okay. Uh I actually have this right here. I don't know if they played. Let me make sure this is right. Playoff, playoff series. series. He's, he's made been the play in three, three playoff times. series, right. but he's gotten eliminated in the first round every single time. Right. And in the first one, he didn't play at all. This right. Was an Very OKC early team. in his career. Um, yeah, Domas was. Um, and then I'm trying to see who else on this team. Put some respect on PJ Dozier's name, bro. What are we doing? Terrence Davis probably was in the postseason. No, he wasn't. He, only, with, he was uh, there Toronto. for a season and a half. Right. I would imagine that he was. Um, right, that was probably his rookie season. But guys that aren't really playing all that much, like right. the standouts, like you said, are Delavadova. But Delavadova is not really playing much. He can speak on right. it. Also, right. HB hasn't Harrison been there. Is in the one. It's been a ten long years. time, bro. Long time. Yeah. Um. So that'll be interesting. But my question to you: How realistic is it at this point to think that the Kings can be one of these top six seeds? Oh, absolutely. I mean. At this point, do you expect it? At I this do. Point? Oh yeah, As a top six seed. This team should be a playoff team at this moment in time. Like, it, it's really crazy to say it is, but they have played. Uh, I think they still. Mike talked about it today. They still have room to grow, especially on the defensive end. We've seen that their offense has been there at times. It was incredible to start the season. Went through a little lull. We're starting to see them pick it back up with, uh, what was it, three or four straight games with 130 points. That only stopped because Domas is out of the lineup. Now they have back-to-back games of 116. I think it was five straight. It might, it might have been. Yeah, it definitely like might have been. Um, like, this team's offense is still there. If they start playing defense, like, there's a lot of room to get better. We talked earlier about Keegan Murray's now improvement. That's another weapon to this team. Uh, De'Aaron talked about the other day in their ESPN interview about how, look, Domas has been here for a calendar year now, but Keegan hasn't been here for six months. Herter hasn't been here for six months. 
Monk hasn't been here for six months. There's a lot of new guys. Mike Brown hasn't been here for six months. There's a lot of new guys on this team that they're still trying to figure out each other's game. And, you know, we're, we're talking about them going against uh, not necessarily the top playoff teams, but there's a lot of teams like the Warriors, like the Suns, who have had time to learn their teammates and learn their roster and learn their style of play and learn how to win in moments like the playoffs and stuff like that. And this team just has so much growing still to do that, uh, you know, I think I think we're just seeing the beginning of this. And if they if they don't finish a top six seed, it's it's kind of it's a failure, a but it's absolutely disappointing. I struggle, man, because expect. Okay, you expect a Kings team to do that, sure. But if this is not the Sacramento Kings, if we're not talking about a six-year, sixteen-year, no, for sure, like where they're at. Also, I don't think the problem is you can't not mention those things. Like it would be, it would be malpractice to not acknowledge the fact that we are talking about a team that is historically a losing franchise and a team that is still we forget still in the midst of this sixteen-year playoff drought, like. There's still, you know, like things are, they're going to come up against another roadblock and they're going to have to figure out how to get on the other side of that roadblock. There's no way the rest of this season is just going to be coasting, but I don't believe that this team is just going to bottom out unless we see knock on wood, something happen to the team's two stars. And maybe I think they can possibly survive a deer and fox week and a half out or so but we you know demonis sabonis was out the other day and they were able to pull out that victory but i think we saw we saw a completely different looking team the other day so maybe if domas goes out that could be how some things happen and we're talking about a guy who has one thumb so that's not out of the question for sure but uh, you know, if this team stays healthy, which they have all year to to their medical staff's credit uh, and to Mike Brown's credit for for managing uh, their their load. Uh, it's uh, Pause. yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. Uh, I'm just going to blow right through it. Pause. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Point is, they've uh, question for I you. I don't even know. Question man. for I you. Just, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> question over. for you. Why do I even do this? You know, have we possibly thought that maybe Rashawn Holmes has too many thumbs? That's, you know, I, I have not. No, I have, <laughs> not, I, have, I have not thought that. I have not had that thought. But, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing that uh, it's it's definitely a thing. You don't you don't need them both. That's for sure. Uh, it's kind of like, what is it, a kidney? I think you only need one kidney. Maybe you only need one thumb to play basketball, turns out. Yeah. Uh, I think the real thing for Rashawn the other day was the minutes, though. I, I think yeah. the, him playing 30 minutes was a big reason. And they played a different style. They didn't ask him to do these dribble handoffs right. and playmaking off all like their split actions and stuff like that. Right. Um, which, by the way, I guess we will say tonight, Like, I've been really impressed by Coach's willingness to just try different shit defensively. Like We saw a box and one for a long time tonight in that fourth yeah, quarter. Super surprised. With De'Aaron on SGA. Um, Clearly worked. Kind of the box too. from there. And then at some point they would kind of break it up and go back into their man just just totally throwing okc off and it's a credit again i feel like i've said this a lot but it's a credit to mike brown but also a credit to the players which mike is is clear to point out um their ability to pick up on those things quickly and and kind of capitalize on them and and make it work um kings are on a six game winning streak right now only two teams memphis lost tonight 
Only two teams in the NBA with a longer winning streak than the Sacramento yeah. Kings. Uh, one is Philadelphia, who the Kings play. Uh, Philadelphia is at four. Oh, I'm sorry. Who am I? Memphis. You were Memphis thinking of Memphis, but Memphis just lost streak. tonight. Right. Memphis uh. lost tonight. The only two. Oh, let's see here. Only two on a longer win streak than the Kings. Kings are now at six. Yep. Uh, Timberwolves? No. Uh, Don't overthink it. No. Okay. Uh, Celtics and yep. the Nuggets. Yep. Okay. The two <laughs> okay. leading teams in their conferences. Oh, the Nuggets are on a nine-game winning streak. Celtics are on an eight-game winning streak. Wow. Like, I don't know, as much as I like am skeptical of like, can they keep this six game win streak or can they keep this top six um, seed? It would kind of take them blowing it, you know, because my yeah. hesitancy here is like, I think some of these other teams are going to figure it out. For sure. The Gold Warriors State. are going to go on a run. Right. That one is not a question to me. Clippers um, could. I mean, the Clippers, the Clippers could. If Kawhi, Kawhi, Paul Kawhi and PG together 30 straight games, if they can play. Um, the Pelicans could could definitely Bro. end up back up there. I think they'll still be in that conversation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Pelicans have had 10 games this year with Zion, Brandon Ingram, no. and, and C.J. McCollum, and they are still the four seed yeah. in, in the Western Conference. So I and completely agree. the Kings, I mean, knock on, knock on wood, have not dealt with any injuries, really. Like, yeah. we've seen a few, right? But Nothing major, though. No. I mean, we, we've seen... Other teams miss, you know, Steph Curry just missed a month. Anthony Davis missed a month. Right. Devin Booker has missed two months. Right. Uh, you know, there's teams that have real serious injury concerns. And uh, for the most part, I think I said it the other day, uh, Domas and, and De'Aaron have missed a combined five games this year. Which is crazy. Insane. Uh, so, you know, yeah, the Kings have been very, very fortunate with their injury luck. And, and don't get it twisted. That's a huge reason why they have had the success that they have had this year. Even if Harrison Barnes or Keegan Murray went out for right. an extended stretch. Right. If like, you had to start KZ for 15 right. games. Or, you, or you're going to trade Lyles right. or That's you're trying mean. to do yeah, Malik right. Monk, who straight up, by the way, Ugh. in the midst of all this, has been horrible. Ugh. Like really, really bad. Ugh. Malik Monk played 15 minutes tonight and ended the game with five points. Like he, he's really been struggling as of late. Um, but steps up when when they kind of need him to, or well, he's, he he will still have his nights. I don't ever feel like I, I think I said this on the last pod, or maybe it was a different one that that we were on. Um, that Malik Monk will win you games for sure, pretty much by himself every mm -hmm. once in a while. But and I've never really felt like he's lost them a game. You know, like as much as maybe right. he doesn't have nights where he's on, right. he's not going out there and losing you the game. Right. Like he's still kind of doing everything within the flow. Um, so I think that's encouraging. I'm really hesitant to believe in this top six seed, but with each passing game, I believe more and more. I think these next three games of this homestand are huge. Um, you got the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow mm -hmm. night, second night of a back-to-back, -back, which is a super tough matchup. Um, and then you're playing against the Memphis Grizzlies, which has got to be the biggest game in that in, in this stretch. I yeah. mean, the the Philly one is pretty big as well, but Memphis is a team that's kind of had Sacramento's number yeah. as of late. It's felt like, um, so that's a huge one. It's a team that you could maybe try to gain some ground on for that for that two spot. And then they play the Toronto Raptors, which I know the Raptors have really been struggling this mm. year, but that game in Toronto was super chippy. Yeah, like. Uh, that was the one that Mike got ejected. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm really interested to see how that one goes. I, I think that's going to be a chippy game. And, and the size and length of that team is yep. just something that could give Sacramento problems and did give them some problems yep. when they played in Toronto. So I think we're going to learn a lot about this team. 
feel like I'm saying that a lot. Uh, but throughout these these next three games before they then have a, what I believe is a seven-game road trip. Right. Um, last thing before we get out of here, if anybody has any questions in the chat, get them in now. Uh, that way we see them before we get to close out of here. But P.J. Dozier just got signed to a second mm-hmm. 10-day contract, um, which I thought was interesting. I'm fairly certain, maybe I'm irresponsible for speaking on this without being 100%, but fairly certain you can only sign a guy to two 10-day contracts. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then you would just have to bring him onto your roster. Mm-hmm. I asked Coach... Uh, prior to the last home game that was, I believe, against the Los Angeles Lakers. So I uh, take it for what you will. That, or maybe it wasn't the no, Lakers. No, it was the uh, Rockets. The Rockets, thank you. The second Rockets game. Um, so keep in mind, there's been two games that have taken place since this quote. But I, I asked Coach a little bit of what he's seen from PJ now that he's had him around mm. um, in practices. Because I would love to see PJ in games to get an idea of of what PJ Dozier really brings. Yeah. But I also understand that, like, they are still getting an idea of what this guy brings. Yeah. It's just all behind closed doors. So so here's what Coach had to say about P.J. Yeah, Coach, it hasn't been long, but what have you learned in these few days about P.J. Dozier as a, as a person and a player? First thing that comes to mind is just his, his maturity. His maturity level is right. off the charts. You know, uh, you need guys like playing. that, especially when you have a young, inexperienced team in terms of of winning, you need to have. Can you hear this? Chad? Help me, Chad. Guys like PJ Coach and Delhi, right uh, and HB in the mix because all those guys have played in the playoffs and they no, played, I hear you know, real minutes in the playoffs before with good teams. Sorry, and so his maturity level is 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 extremely high. Uh, he's long. He's versatile. He can play a few different positions, um, and he he just seems like his feel is is pretty good too because we've thrown a lot at him in a short amount of time and I don't know if there's been one time that I know I've had to say no no PJ don't go here but go here whether it's on the defense end of the floor or offense end of the floor and you know when you have that <clears throat> with a guy that communicates as well as he does uh, in, in my opinion you have a pretty good player all right. Well, we couldn't hear it on our end, um, but I, I remember words. Coach talking about his words from his defensive versatility. PJ Dozier has uh, a pretty damn long wingspan. He's got good size to him as well, mm-hmm. and just good instincts for the game. I think is something that Coach mentioned, if I'm remembering correctly. And one of the other really big things is he has experience being on a really good team. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was with Jordy Fernandez in Denver. So I'm sure they already have a decent impression on what PJ Dozier brings. Um, but that'll be interesting to see kind of how they move forward from there. They let yeah. go of Chima Moneki, which I think is something that we've talked about Chima, before, Chima. but maybe we've skipped over it because there's just been so much other uh, notable things going on with the Kings. Winning. But, right. And, and Chima did just sign with AS Monaco, by the way. Um, which is in the French first league. I think he was on a team there previously in his career, um, but he is, he just signed with the best record in the league. And he's on a team with Mike James. If you remember who hey, that is. MVP of Euro league, that that's supposed right. to be like Euro league God. And there's another guy on his team. I'm going to see if I can find it here. Oh, Mike James. Um, Mike James is KD's And Donta boy. Hall. Can't tell you anything about. I rec- slightly recognize the name, and if I pulled up the face, I bet it would stand out. But he's in the same league as Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> Shout Wimbenyaya. out, <laughs> um, So that'll be interesting. Shout out to Chima. 
Um, but PJ Dozier is an interesting pickup. I, I, I thought that maybe I was reading a little bit too much into it, but to me, it makes me question uh, how they feel about Davion a little bit. The fact that they bring in another yeah. kind of versatile defensive guard, but I think that you can never really have too many if they're actually hitting open shots, which right. Davion has as of late. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's about it. Somebody in chat said, Brennan, can I get you a cutout of Robert Woodard? It would go perfectly right next to my Jemias <laughs> right. Ramsey cutout. Um, Chima's over there scouting right. Vic. Yes. yes, that's exactly what he's yes. there for. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, any anything else you got, man? Um, I did have something and I forgot it. Um, Kevin Herter won Defense Player of the Game, by the way. Yeah, I definitely did want to talk about that. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I was looking at his box score. Uh, Kevin Herter finishes off with one block shot. No steals. I think Keegan mentioned uh, like, deflections. Yeah, yeah, which made it maybe it was like six. seven, six or seven. Uh, I, the funny thing is, I looked at Herter's box score the other night, and if I'm not mistaken, he had two steals, two blocks the other night, and I thought it was I weird so. that he didn't get defensive player of the game chain then. And uh, yeah, the other night against the Lakers, he had two steals, one block. Uh, and I thought he should have gotten it then, but they gave it to Rashawn. And uh, you and I, I think we talked about it on the Return of the Roar podcast, where it, it felt like more one of those uh, you give it to him just because, like, you want to reward something. It might not be defensive specific, but, you know, uh, like Rashawn. Rashawn just had a great game in general. And vibe-wise, it felt like he deserved some sort of recognition or, or accolade. And so they gave him the defensive player of the game chain. Maybe it was just the makeup chain. You know, Keegan did finish. You know, Mike's there. It always seems like their go to is to say defensive rebounds. Keegan yeah. had 11 defensive 11. rebounds today. So uh, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for, for them to give it to Kevin Herter. But whatever, you know, spreading the wealth, I guess. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was it was a little surprising. I remember for what sure. I wanted to talk about. Kings just went six and one on this seven game uh, easy streak. If you want, if you want to call it that, uh, towards the beginning two. of the season, oh, uh, I, I would, I would, I looked at this stretch of games and they stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, it was Lakers, uh, Orlando, the back to back against OKC. Then you had San Antonio. Then you had the Lakers again. And then at the time, we didn't know OKC was going to be playing well the way that they are now. But that looked like it was seven games against seven easier opponents. It started off rough. <laughs> they lost uh, the home opener against home opener. The uh, the coming back from the road trip, they they lost to Atlanta. And then they come out the two nights later and lose to the Lakers. It was looking like it was going to be bleak times. That feels like it was so long ago. Uh, and for the Kings to go six and one, against those teams, teams that it felt like they should beat. I think, again, that's a huge reason why I just believe that this team is legit. Like, they've beaten teams that they should beat. Yeah. And you don't have to beat the elite team. You don't have to have a winning record against the best teams in the NBA. All you have to do is beat the teams that you should beat. Beat the San Antonios of the world. Beat the the Rockets. They swept them, took care of business uh, against them at home. You know, take care of the teams that you should beat and you'll be in a position at the end of the year that you'll probably have more wins than losses. And as they win six in a row here, they are now seven games above 500. So uh, 
just just good to see them take care of business and not let any of these games slip when they they easily could have and and it would have been uh, a tough pill to swallow. They are now eighteen and five against teams below five hundred on the season. Damn, yeah, super impressive. They're definitely taking care of business. Um, this has been a big stretch for them to be able to kind of solidify themselves as this three four seed. Um, it, it's been absolutely huge. I, I think that protecting home court has been something that's needed to be pretty important and kind of improve for this team. I think they've done as good as you could hope on the road. Um, 11 and nine on the road. They're one of only now two teams in the Western conference after Memphis lost tonight, they moved to 500 on the road. Uh, but Denver is the only other team above 500 on the road at 11 and 10 in the West. But the difference is at home, the Kings are 15 and nine Memphis is 20 and three Denver is 22 and three, right? Even the teams below them, New Orleans, 17 and six, 17 and seven for Dallas, right? Gold Um, state. 17 yeah, and five is crazy and then Just six and 18 yeah, on the road makes no different. sense um but yeah that that's been huge for sure just got sent the post-game quotes yes from oh, i thought there were okay game notes and it's just so weird to hear like a, another team or see another team like talk about the kings like they're such a good team right so i'll just read this real quick uh thunderhead coach mark Dude, you know, well, let's let's play a guessing game. On the <laughs> hell. It's OKC's Mark head coach. Dagenault, It's not Billy Dagenault, Donovan anymore. Mark Dagenault. Sure. Um, you know, we're gonna go with that. Sure. I really should know how to say this, but it's a tough one. When by yeah, yeah. Um, quote: I thought first of all that was a great game. That was a fun game. Great crowd. Great environment. I thought in the second half they really tested us. Oh, I thought Sacramento played really well. They showed a lot of poise in the second half. They really tested us in a lot of different ways. It was a great challenge for us, so I really enjoyed that. I thought offensively in the second half, I thought we were a little hasty in the third quarter when they made a run, but we had some nice attacks too. We'll take a look at it. I thought we competed tonight. The guys did a good job. We competed together, dove into the competition in a great environment against a really good team. It's something we can really learn from. The other coach he is really watch just being like, "That's what I heard." Yeah, he said, we're, we're going to watch, watch the film, <laughs> and we played a really good team tonight. Sounds like Luke Walton to me. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Right. Pretty wild. Yeah. Um. People are asking in the chat why Fox got teed up. So, because he's Fox a salty ass got, boy. Yeah. <laughs> the fool has he, been. He's got a lot of teas right now. Yeah. I, I don't have the number, but Frank Frank's, was talking yeah. about it. That like, I, I think he's at eight or nine, and once nine. you reach six. Is that what it is? That yeah. you get suspended for a game. Yeah. And each one after that, you get suspended for a game. And if yes. we're talking postseason basketball, like you start to get closer to that number, that gets pretty concerning. I think that if De'Aaron needed to, he could go games without getting texts, obviously. Like if he was super focused on right. that, you know. Um, and, and I get why he's been frustrated, but tonight's call was um he got whistled on a call against Lou Dort. He felt like was it Lou on that Dort, drive, yeah. He move? felt like oh. Lou Dort put his elbows up. He kept kind of doing this motion yeah. to anybody yeah. on YouTube. Um, talked to the refs on his way off the court. Mike subbed him out. That was his normal sub time. It wasn't subbing him out so he could yeah. cool down or anything. Although coach did mention post game, he thought like we were talking and complaining a little bit too much in that he first half, uh, which felt a little bit targeted pointed. at De'Aaron Very to me. Pointed. Um, I don't think De'Aaron's the only one, but De'Aaron's obviously no, De'Aaron the standout when he gets though. a tech. But he kind of kept talking as he was going, ended up sitting on the bench and that ref, the same one that he was complaining to before that blew the whistle, ended up right in front of the Kings bench. He kept talking and got that tech. Um, so for anybody unclear kind of what was talking what shit on the there, bench. 
Yeah, that's pretty much what he was he unhappy. He got whistled for a call that he felt like should have yeah. been offensive. Um, so I get it. Um, I've been surprised at the amount of tees right. this year from him for sure. But yeah, um, I think it's gonna do, it, man. We gotta get out of here. Let's do it. Yeah, Hopefully we, we be can still tomorrow. see this beam. Right. Um, appreciate everybody hopping in the chat. Yeah, we'll definitely numbers. be doing this again tomorrow night. It sounds like we'll have a guest with us as well. Oh, right. Yeah, I um, did hear that. Yeah, so we'll see about that one. And go Kings. Um, They've been playing really well recently. So I'm super encouraged by what we've seen from Keegan Murray. Mm -hmm. Um, And Harrison Martin's been playing great recently. Like this is, they're doing great right now. And it's been a great thing to watch. If you can make it out to Golden One Center, the environment in here has been amazing. Um, One of the quotes in here as well was Jalen Williams talking about the environment. Uh, the the good one, the Santa Clara Jalen Williams, <laughs> right. who, yeah, I don't know. I love Problem. Keegan Murray. Yeah, I love not, Keegan Murray. Not, it's, it's Keegan's uh, night. Let's, um, not, let's, not, let's not go there. But talking about like it was a sold out night, um, it was a great environment. Like if you can make it to Golden One Center, it's an absolute blast in here. Dude. And you're probably leaving with a free crumble cookie as well. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think it's been great. Appreciate everybody that's hopped in this chat. Expect us again tomorrow. Um, Anybody that's listening to the audio form, if you rather, you can see us on YouTube. And anybody watching on YouTube, you can see us in audio form or hear us in audio form as well on any major uh, podcast listening platform. Um, So appreciate everybody hopping in here once again. And definitely take a look at the King's Herald to support local independent King's coverage from all the great guys and gals that write there that I've become good friends with. And if you enjoyed this episode of the King's Post Podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll hear from us again in the next couple days. Tomorrow. <laughs>